Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man? Ben, nobody cared who he was until he put on the mask. <laughs> what What are the odds that both playoff series with the mask are against the Heat? Like, they're... The well, odds. Sometimes, you, sometimes you need a hero to put on a mask and actually go out there and save your people. And that's what Joel Embiid has done. Um, I was lucky enough to be at game three uh, where they held the heat to 79 points in what was had to be the, like it, just, it was an offensive embarrassment for a team that's known for their efficiency. Um, it was like totally shot. And Embiid was like, not great. Yeah. Like uh, not offensively. He, he was not great, but it's tied to two. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, well, maybe Harden isn't that bad after all. He's still not great. Um, <laughs> he's good enough. We don't need him to be old James I, Harden. I had someone arguing with me, and they're just like, oh, and you guys you know, got ripped off with Harden. I'm like, at least Harden's on the court. I'm like, he just has to not be a liability. It's like such an easy bar to like get over the top with. But here we are. And anyways, that's our basketball talk for the podcast. So. Absolutely. I don't think I could love uh, an NBA athlete more than I love Joel. So that's that's just where we're at. But we're not here to talk basketball, although I'm sure we could do a whole separate podcast on that. We're here to recap the week that was in collegiate track and field. There's a lot of interesting action. The sound uh, track meet definitely provided a lot of uh, big performances. Uh, we're going to run through all of those. Um, we had a few bits of news to report, and then we're going to finish with trying to rank our favorites in each of those, each event in terms of our confidence for them to win that event. So we're going to see, do we believe that the 10K favorite has a better chance of winning than the 800 favorite? A lot more difficult of an exercise than maybe we realized when we started this. Very, very hard. I sat there. I'm like, oh, I'll just get it done in like three minutes. And I think I sat there for about 15 minutes, just like, oh, I don't even feel good about more than half of these picks. So um, we will see how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. Brutal. We did get one new Apple podcast rating and review. We got um, the subject line way to represent thoroughly enjoy your insight and dedication to the college distance running scenes we are up to 25 ratings on apple we are holding steady at 28 for spotify but enjoy the the uh review this week which we've we've had a few weeks without so felt good yeah i like that a lot so happily take that thank you uh for doing so and hey if you haven't left a rating review yet and you're listening to this we would really really appreciate it it's sincerely i know it seems like we just do this every week just to do it um but sincerely, it would be awesome just a rating review, even five stars, Apple, Spotify. If you haven't done one, try to do the other. It, it seems small, but it makes a difference. And we saw that when before we took our hiatus with the site. Like our, It really made a difference. So um, thank you to everyone who has. Always appreciated. Uh, and Ben, let's get into it. So let's start with a few bits of sad news. Um, we have some injuries to report. Moad Zahafi um, reporting uh, that there is an injury there, that he's struggling to walk right now. After running his 143 in the 800, this was someone who we thought might be the new 800 favorite in a lot of people's eyes. Really disappointing to see 
that it's unlikely now that we'll see him and Miller go head to head again this year. Um, just a brutal shakeup in the 800. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, sometimes these things can happen and they can get quick recovery. Admittedly, more times than not, it's not really the case. Um, but I'm, I'm still holding out to let's see what happens at the regional meets. Let's see what really happens mm-hmm. this upcoming weekend at the conference meets. I highly doubt we're going to be seeing him at the conference meets, um, which I think will obviously be a good indicator. But really, we have to remember that the regional meets aren't for another couple weeks. Like we actually yep. have like a week gap really between the conference meets and the regional meets. So we've got a little bit of time. And I, I do wonder if that's going to be enough for Zahafi to kind of get on the line. But I I will say that, I mean, that his chances have been diluted quite a bit. And I think the the title chances swing back to, to Brandon Miller. So we'll see. Um, but this has been an injury that he has been dealing with um, for quite some time that has recently uh, started back up in a recent workout. So um, you hope it's it's a quick solution. But with those kind of things, it's, it's really hard to get around those. Absolutely. And then another uh, bit of news that shakes up the middle distance scene, Adam Fogg um, will be out with appendicitis. Um, he's someone that's been a, a fixture really in the last year or so in the, the mile or the 1500 as someone who's just been a, a tough out um, in whatever race he's in. And it'll be disappointing to, to see this year's regional and nationals go on without him. Yeah, I mean, there is potential that he comes back. Um, I know athletes who have come back um, in a time frame that would allow him to line up for the regional meet. Um, so it is possible. It is doable. He has even said that. Um, he has made that clear. That is certainly a possibility. But it seems that from his side, from everyone else's side, from a doctor's side, it is unlikely that he does come back. Small chance, but unlikely that he comes back. And like you said, he's a tough out. I mean, like him and Bastion were really solid one-two punch in the mile distance, 356 miler, 338 over 1500 meters, tactically brilliant. Um, Maybe not all the time, but usually, at least most cases, really strong, smart runner. Um, And that's a really brutal blow because he he had a really nice race earlier this season. And um, like you said, I think he just would have been a tough out. It's just poor timing. I mean, this this is something that you can get over, like you said, and, and kind of get back on your feet. Obviously, it's nothing. It's not a muscle injury. It's not a bone injury. It's just a health issue that you got to be careful with. And, and it just sucks that it's happening right now. Um, but let's move on to some more interesting news that we had. We had a lot of great results this past week, uh, particularly at the Sound Track Meet, where we saw... I think a record that a lot of people thought might not ever be broken, broken, or at least not for a long time. The men's 5K, Abdi Nur running 13.06 to break the, what was it, 13.08 was the old record. Nico Young going NCAA number three now in 13.11. Just an impressive performance from the NAU guys. I think this was set up for a great chance for them to break the record, but for them to go ahead and do it, Nur was very aggressive. Um, put himself in the op, gave himself the opportunity to really win the race, um, and, and ended up just short of winning, but with that collegiate record. Ben, I kind of want a little bit of credit here because you said that no one expected him to break the record. No, I sorry, or- I, I should I should say that like maybe before this year, I don't think okay. there's many people that ever thought this record would be broken, but 
after what he's done so far this year, it, it's not that surprising. I mean, you know, and just here's a reason to yeah, subscribe to TSR and why you should read our content, because I even said in our meet preview, and now admittedly, I did say Nico Young is going to be the one to break the record, right? It sets up nicely for him. It's a super fast race. Him and Nur thrive in time trial environments. They're aerobic beasts. They've been building up for this. They've run super fast before. Like this was perfect for them. It was absolutely their race. And I said, if Nico Young doesn't get the record, then Abdi Nur will. And not what I made in like my official predictions, but I was at least correct in saying that if it wasn't Young, it was going to be Nur. And sure enough, that was the case. It's at this point, it kind of makes sense. Look at all of the records that we're going after. Kip Sang. I mean, last year, I mean, it was Tieran Hawker running 350, obliterating a mile record that took everything for Edward Cheserick to, to get, right? And then how about, you know, Nagoose running 334, which is then broken by Kip Sang. And Brian Fay and Beatles Cone run all-time marks. Um, you know, and then you're seeing Zahafi just go out there and run 143 recently. It, you go down the list, and I know I'm not even covering them all, but like th these are times and performances that you know this is the new this is the new era where mm -hmm. it's not just the depth. The top end of the NCAA is just flat out better. Yeah, and, and there's obviously a lot of factors to that which we don't need to get into. But the question I have for you is: Does this race really change your opinion of either of these top no. two guys? No, not yeah. even like in a little bit. Um, it. This is exact. It's exactly what we called. You would have said, I mean, you would have at least said, oh, these guys are going to be running 13, 14 or faster. Yeah. I, I just at, at least. And I, it was predictable from the beginning. It was predictable when it happened. And it still seems just predictable now. Um, not doesn't mean it's not impressive, but this is what it is. Exactly. Uh, Drew Bosley ran 1325 and Ian Shanklin 1335 in that same race. Uh, on the women's side in the 5K, we saw Courtney Wayman run 15.50, a little bit of an off day for her. Um, Rosine uh, Flanagan running 15.38 and Aubrey Frontaway 16.03. Uh, it, it's hard to take away too much from this, Wayman. I mean, we w expected her to run faster. I think she's very capable of running faster. It just wasn't her day um, to run that time. Yeah, I... I'd rather her have this day now than in yeah. the postseason. I'm not concerned. I mean, are you really concerned about Wayman at all? No. No, I'm not either. So, I, and plus, I, I think the thing that we're all missing here is that she wasn't going to run the 5K fresh anyways. Right. So, I, she's if, at least going to run the steeple. Yeah. And if she, if she does this or has a poor performance at conference, then I, I'm a little worried. Right. But one off, no issues. So, at does the West Coast Conference do they have? They have a yeah. conference. Do they have a conference meet? <laughs> that's a conference that wouldn't have it, but I don't know that for sure. I they don't indoors, right? They don't indoors, which is why they do the uh, the MPF MPSF, uh, yeah, SF, yeah, MPSF, uh, the Federation meet. But yeah, I don't know. Let's take a look here. Um, yeah, any see, other yeah. thoughts about anybody else in this race while I'm looking this up? No, Flanagan's great. I mean, fifteen thirty-eight not being her best race is a good thing for anyone who's going to dominate D two. So good for her. Frenthway thought she could be a little bit better. Still waiting for that big breakout race for her that I know she's capable of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about Wayman. Uh, she's not going to run the five k fresh. At least she might just focus on the steeple at the national stage. 
Um, and plus, I just think the steeple gives her her best chance for, you know, a title, which we'll get into a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, I don't no. I don't think they do. Yeah, like it's yeah. not it's not a sport for uh, I, I could see Wayman like, I could see Wayman dropping down and doing like an 800 in the next yeah. week or two. So maybe, yeah. you know, we'll see how that goes. But I don't know if that's going to tell us anything more. No, I don't think so. Um, in the steeplechase, um, on the men's side, we saw Kenneth Rooks run 831, beating Riley Ozen 840. I mean, really strong race for Rooks and, and kind of puts his name squarely into that All-American uh, conversation. I don't know if he's done quite enough to put himself into the favorite uh, area, but he's at least gotten into, in my mind, All-American status. Past success, uh, excuse me, past success before, um, great steeplechaser in the past, um, has national media experience, I believe, comes into this season, runs 832, comes into this uh, past weekend, runs 831, has three wins in the steeplechase this year. Like, yeah, I agree. I mean, he he is, I, I, he might be as close to an all-American lock as you can get without yeah. being a title favorite. I mean, the consistency, I mean, it's just hard to beat that. Like you said, he he's not an inexperienced runner either. I I would it would be surprising to see him outside of the top eight. Agreed. Um, on the women's side in the eight hundred, we saw a lot of two hundred threes this weekend. We saw Rachel Gearing run two hundred three. We saw Anna Hall cap off her multis uh, with a two hundred three in the eight hundred. Gabiha Galvedite ran two hundred three, and Carly Thomas continuing to um, come back and find the form that she had a few years ago, running another 203. Um, out, of, out of this group, I, I thought Gearing, it was a strong performance, uh, season best PR for her. Uh, and Galvedite continues to be rock solid. I mean, she's, I don't think she's going to win anything, but I, I would be shocked if she's not in that All-American top five kind of area in every race that she's in. Completely agree on all of that. Um, last weekend we talked about Aaliyah Miller and we talked about Gabrielle Wilkinson yep. and how encouraging their 203 performances were. Carly Thomas is arguably just as encouraging, if not more. She is, I would, I would argue, maybe just as dangerous as those women at her peak form. I don't think she's going to reach her peak form this spring, but she's looking really good and she keeps progressing and she keeps getting better. And it's, she's got a few weeks to kind of really rally even further and, and rally on top of this. I, I think that was probably, it. that might've been the most important result on the women's side this weekend. I, mm -hmm. Maybe, I, I think that might be. Yeah. May, maybe one other that we'll get to maybe in the 1500, but who, who's the most talented 800 meter runner on the women's side in your mind? Take out Butler. Uh, talented. Oh, uh, hmm. I, I think talented. It's Seymour. Hmm. Well, that, I mean, uh, th th it depends. It, it depends on like what your definition of talent is. Yeah, I, I, I like, if, it's, I... if it's like if it's athleticism, if it's the ability just to hit the gun and go and grind it out, it's, you know, Aaliyah Miller. I think if top end talent, like in terms of like what's their ceiling, like what could they hit at their best? I mean, I'd say then Miller, but 
I think it's either Miller or Thomas in my mind. Those are the two that I'm going. I think I think Carly Thomas is someone that we we ha- just we haven't talked about her very much because she hasn't yeah. done much. But I, I think and Miller's kind of been the same way. We haven't seen her a whole lot. But with them reemerging, I think they're so they're two of the best women in terms of if you want someone to break two out of this NCAA field, I think they're the ones that could in their next year or two. I don't think so this year, but I think in the next year or so, we could see that from them. Here's a hot take that'll never be proven right or wrong. (laughs) If the pandemic never happened, and if Thomas never uh, broke her femur in that tubing accident, which she has made public, um, then I think she's going pro like after this year. Yeah. Like, I think she's just that good. Like, she was, like, people are like, oh, this girl might take down Nia Akins. And by the way, people forget, Akins held, like, the national record at one point. So, or is that, is that right? Did she? Or she was close to it. She, she was, was like, close. second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was, like, second or something like that. But, yeah, it was uh, impressive. I think, I, I agree with you. Thomas's upside, when in a perfect world, she's probably the most naturally talented. I agree. All right, let's go to the 15 on, on the men's side at the sound meet. Uh, we saw Yaron Goose run 339, Brian Fay 340, Kieran Lum 342. In the second heat, we saw uh, Nathan Green 339, Theo Quacks 339. Um, just a little underwhelming. I, I mean, I, I think good runs from Green and Quacks. I, I don't think you could expect too much more from them. But, I mean, Goose, Fay and Lum, I mean... This was set up to be a, a mid three thirty performance for these guys, and, and I mean it wasn't even close. Well, not only that, but like Hauser was bad. Yeah, Wascom was bad. Um, like if you had told me coming into this meet that the best Washington Husky was going to be Nathan <laughs> Green, who's a freshman who ran three thirty nine, I'd be like, oh no way! Like I would have bet all my money against you. Yeah, and, and I I would have had every reason to do so. Um, Green's awesome. Like we forget that he runs with one of the best like mile contingents maybe ever. They're not the best, but they're one of the best ever. Um, and then you take a look at just like the rest of this group. It was kind of underwhelming. And like Nagus, I I admittedly will say this: I don't fault him that much because no one went with the pace. Like if everyone yeah. in that field had run. 334 and 335 i'd be like oh well dude i mean come on you should have you know should have better performance but it's not like he ran poorly you know it's still a little concerning to not see him finish like in the top three in these kind of races like this is kind of what he's made his reputation on like not necessarily always running fast but he's always gonna win or at least put himself in the give himself a chance to win um so that worries me a little bit i agree I think I, he's clearly I'm I'm not even going to say like, oh, he's like you know, not at 100 percent, but I'd say he's like he seems like he's at 95 percent. Yeah, that that extra five percent that we've gotten used to seeing from him, it just hasn't quite quite been there um, elsewhere in the 1500. Uh, Antonio Lopez Segura ran 339, beating teammate Ben Fleming 341. Ryan Drew also running 341 in that same race. Uh, Fouad Masodi ran 339. Um, in the miles, we saw Wes Porter run 358 to beat Yusin uh, Sato, Lucas Guerra, and Abel Tefra 
also dipping under that four minute mark in the mile. And then Craig Carroza ran three forty, uh, losing to Cooper Tier, who I think ran three thirty four in that same race on a rainy, not great conditioned mm-hmm. race in, at at Oregon. So strong. I mean, decent performance from Carroza there. Yeah, I mean, you kind of go down the list, and it's like, yeah, that that's it. Like, I mean these guys ran as fast as you would expect them to. I mean, it's, it's they're solid times. I love Wes Porter. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Lopez Segura, super lethal, uh, excuse me, lethal, very scary, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, but I don't really have a whole lot to say here. Yeah, I agree. 1500 on the women's side. We saw Samantha Bush run 413, which I think might have the argument for most consequential race on the women's side. I mean, just, Showing that kind of wheels, um, four thirteen is nothing to sneeze at. Um, we saw Laura Pelicora run four fifteen. She also ran two oh four uh, this past week as well. In the eight hundred and that in the fifteen hundred though, she beat Aneta uh, Konicek, who ran four seventeen. Strong performances from both of them. I liked Konicek dropping down in the fifteen hundred, running something decently quick, um, and Pelicora just continuing to build it on a strong outdoor season. Yeah, she's been great. People forget that she ran like 437 or faster three different times during the indoor season. Like she was really good and people just forget forget about her and she continues to be great. She looks like she's peaking pretty well, which is a great sign. Um, and yeah, Sam Bush is awesome. But after splitting 410 at the Penn Relays, I don't that's think fair. we can be that surprised. You know, like that said, now we have a performance that's like, oh, she'll probably do the 15 right. over the 5K. It makes it makes more sense if she does that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other results you wanted to get to before we move on? Uh, no, none that I have. All right. So let's do our rankings of our event favorites. So again, um, we're looking at ranking who has the best percentage chance in our minds of winning their event. So if we think, let's say, Samantha Bush in the 1500 is the clear favorite in the 1500 on the women's side, if we think she's like a 90% chance to win, we're going to rank her first. If we thought she had just a 5% chance to win, and but we still thought she was the favorite, we would rank her at the very bottom. So Garrett, we both have our separate lists here. I'm going to pull mine up right now. All right. Do we want to start from the bottom let's, or from the top? Let, let's start with from the bottom. Okay. All right. Who is... What event... And what favorite do you think has the least chance of winning their event? I have the women's 1500 as my Ooh. last spot. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I had them very low as well. Okay. I had the 1500 men as oh! the lowest, lowest chance. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, so- all right. Go ahead. So who's who's your favorite in the fifteen hundred women side? It's basically who do I trust the most? And it's Julia Haymack. That's who I have listed as well. Excellent. She's run the All fastest right. time this year. She has the experience. You just look down the rest of the list, and it's just it it, it leaves you a little cold. Like I I don't I don't feel strongly about anybody on the the women's side. I don't necessarily feel like really strongly about Haymack winning, but she checks about as many boxes as you could ask for from a winner. And that, that at the end of the day led me to 
move them up a few spots, move her up a few spots than than the tenth spot in our rankings. I st- I it's really hard, but like you could you could really say like five or six women right now for that national title, and I think you can make a legitimate argument for a handful of them. The, what we do forget though is that Hamac ran four oh four at the Olympic mm-hmm. trials last year. Like it's very easy to forget about a result that's not on Tifers. She's yeah. amazing, but it's also a little shocking that she has yet to win a national title. Yeah, absolutely, and that that contributed with how many fact like how many names there are this year is why I have her at the bottom. And that's not an insult to her. It's just the circumstances of the field. I, yeah. And I don't disagree. Do you want to talk about the 1500 men or do we want to go to your number nine? No, no, no. Let's talk about, we have to talk about the 1500 men now. So can I guess who your favorite is? Yes. Um, I, it has to be because of, of the way that you had our conversation earlier, this podcast, it has to be Kip Sang. It is. It is. And it's by like, and the thing is, I think Kip saying Nagus, and I think you could even put Mario Garcia Romo in there. Yeah. I, I yep. think you could split the three of them up and, and give that, the, that trio, maybe like 80 to 90% chance of winning between the three of them. And then the rest of the field, the next 10 to 20%. I, and I just, I do not feel strongly about anyone. Like, we came into this outdoor season definitely thinking Nagus by far and away the favorite, even though he he didn't necessarily look his most dominant self at the indoor national meet. And, and that three thirty nine kind of freaks me out. And kept saying running three thirty three, and Garcia Romo just continuing to put out good performances, and he won the indoor mile. I I, I just I don't feel strongly about anybody at this point. I just want to let you know that you're making me change my rankings right now. <laughs> so making a few minor adjustments, just uh, just that here, just that there. All right. And, and I think what this l- will end up doing is I think we're going to see some fascinating tactics in the 1500. I mean, on the men and women's side, like I, we saw it a little bit during the indoor season. There was no clear cut favorite in either of the miles. And we saw some interesting maneuvers by both winners romo kind of taking the the lead and just not really relinquishing matching all the moves very centro like approach whereas in the women's mile we saw one big surge that ended up taking the title i i i'm curious if we'll see a just a pedal to the metal approach in the 1500 on the men's side and just see if raw fitness wins out or if there's not any no favorite or we might just see a sit and kick yeah i don't I admit, like, I don't feel confident about the, the title hopes there, but if you were to split it two or three ways, that percentage is still higher than a few others who I think have to split it a few more ways, like I mentioned with Julia Haymack. Yeah. So I get where you're coming from. I get what you're saying. Um, but even if that is split like a perfect like three ways, that's still pretty on the, it's on the lower side. Uh, yeah. On the, uh, yeah, on, on, I'm sorry. It's on the higher side of the lower tier, if I could say. Right, that. that's fair. Yeah, yeah and, and maybe I should move them up to maybe eighth or ninth, um, because maybe there is like a thirty percent chance for whoever that favorite is. Um, but let's go to your number nine. My number nine. You're gonna love this. The steeplechase. Yes, I wait. Men or women? Man. I'm guessing. Okay, I I I should have assumed yeah. that, but that's that's who I add as well. Number yeah. nine. 
Yeah, number nine. And of course, I have Ahmed Jaziri. Um, I think he has to. Experience. I think he's he has shown the signs are there. Just ran 824. Um, the problem, and much like you are probably going to say, there's like five or six guys. There's Smeaton, there's Robinson, there's Hamilton. There's, you know, if we want to put Rooks in there, we can. I don't know if we will, but there's Ed Trippas, you know, like there's uh, Bastion. There's so many guys. And also, by the way, it's the steeplechase. Literally anything can happen. So. Do you have anybody, and I guess your case, Jaziri, do you have him at a greater or less than 20% chance of winning? Uh... I have him like just under twenty, yeah. just a hair under, like eighteen, nineteen. I yeah, I, I so for me, I have Smeaton at about that same kind of percentage. Yeah. Um, and I think Jaziri's like a percentage point behind him, um, yeah. or two. I I think that you could make an argument for five guys probably at that fifteen area. Um, it's it's that tight. I. I it's going to be a complete toss up unless something somebody does something nuts at conference or regionals. Yeah, I mean they would have to run like well under eight twenty to get to that point. Like Ed Trepos's eight nineteen is like unbelievably like not. It, it somehow doesn't make him a title. It's not favorite. the magic bullet, right? In, in unbelievable. Terms of like, yeah, it's crazy stuff. All right, so, no, we both ahead. had. I was going to ask we, you. We, yeah. we both had number nine steeple men. Do you want me to do mine? So yeah, I'll go with yours. I'll go with my number eight. My number eight was the fifteen hundred women, and I think after talking with you, I think I would swap my eight and ten and, and swap the the men and women's fifteens. But I, I so I think we pretty much have the same. We might have the same list because what are you at eight? I had fifteen men. Okay, there yeah. we go. So it is really scary how like how on par we are sometimes. <laughs> this is one of those instances. Yeah, I I have uh, Nagoose because, oh, by the way, he's run 334. He's an Olympian. Yeah. A little more tactically sound. I'm not faulting him for his recent 339. I don't think that's fair to like kind of, you know, I don't think it's encouraging, but I don't, I'm just not ready to give up on him. He's run one race this year. I I, I trust I trust Nagoose. Um, I agree with you. The, the Mario Garcia Romo and the Kip Sang factor – make this really challenging and it's why he's in the lower tier but that's why i have them at eight yeah and, and i think that's totally fair i again i think it's a coin flip between any of those three guys in my opinion all right so blue oval hive mind is is going well um who who's at number seven for you i have the men's 10k Okay, this is a big departure for for me. Ooh. All right, so this this is we're gonna have a big difference here. I have them much higher. Okay, um, well, how, how about this? Before I tell you my favorite, who do you have at seven? What what event do you have at seven? I have the eight hundred women. Um, okay, that's re- that's that's reasonable. Um, and then tell me who's your favorite. I'll let you go first. So in, in the for the eight hundred on the women's side, I have Katie Ann McDonald. Love Katie Ann McDonald. Um, I think she's great. Value rankings like MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking about this in the car because I'm this much of a nerd. But I was like, <laughs> if the season ended today, who would be our top three like MVP candidates? MVP. I I think she would be one of the top three. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. So you have KDA McDonald. I have Abdi Nur in the 10K. I do too. Think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that Nur has to deal with two things. One, that he's dealing with probably one of the most top-heavy 10Ks in recent memory. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not just like, oh, all these guys are running under 2750. There's like five guys doing it, which is insane. And Dylan Jacobs and Amon Kenboy could probably go under as well. Right. And oh, by the way, what about all those other guys like James Mora or someone else? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head who ran under 28 minutes last year. I don't think the 10K is going to be like just a shoe in. I think the Stanford guys are for real. I think Adrian Wild shoots for real. Um, you know, Pereira, but. Ultimately, he's a stud. He's a star. In in theory, the 10K favors Nur, and he'll be fresh. And he didn't have a great 10K earlier in the season at the Stanford invite. It was a little concerning. So for that reason, I have them at seven. I still think he's he should he's someone who I'm like, oh, you should be the favorite. But I could understand if someone wanted to get edgy and try to be like, oh, but what about this? But I still think Nur's the favorite. Yeah, and honestly, I I I think that that 10K that he did earlier in the year doesn't scare me at all anymore. After that 1306, like I I just it it doesn't it doesn't worry me in the slightest. Like I think the further you go up in distance, the more he's gonna be able to use that aerobic base to just be better than everybody. And, and I I don't think there's anybody who can touch him at the end of. Uh, a 10k like the last lap or two he's just gonna run away from people i i really don't think i have supreme confidence in his ability to do that almost even more so than in the 5k you've convinced me to move him up a spot or two yeah yeah because i look at some of these others and i'm like because mm. like i don't have as much clarity on some of these other races as maybe right. i do with nur and... i know he's the favorite and which is not something i can say about some of like the 800 women I can say that I think McDonald's the favorite, but like, I don't, I, I, you could t- say two or three other names that I would just be like, yeah, sure. I, I'm fine. with yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. You've convinced me. You have convinced me. I lost this round. Thank you, Ben. I lost <laughs> that round. This is, this is also what I get for like scrambling last minute to do that, to do my homework. But, um, yeah, I, okay. See, I, I would probably move them up two spots in that case. Okay. All right. So let's go to number six. Number six my event and this is this is after this conversation i realized kind of how stupid this was it was uh 10k women okay i again a little bit of a disagree i had 5k women uh i i can see where you're coming from i don't know if i entirely agree with that but i see i see where you're coming from okay Give me, give me your name for the 5K women. Caitlin Tui. Okay. Yeah. I think Taylor Rowe is what makes this very difficult. Oh, and, great. And having two people that, two women that absolutely could win this race, I, I think should be co-favorites in a lot of ways, makes this really difficult. And then, you, I mean, that, and that's being a little disrespectful to the rest of the field, who I, I think we could see some some people kind of surprise us a little bit. Um, and, and I mean, maybe surprise win kind of like Roe did in the 3K indoors. 
Um, Abby Nichols is obviously someone that could absolutely win this race. I mean, Lauren Gregory is someone who could probably win this race, but I, I think I feel good that it'll be Tui or Roe. I agree with you, but I think when you take a look at like the splits of just like, I think Tui is clearly the favorite, but if you really had to say, okay, but like who's the legitimate challenger that could like very easily beat her, it'd be Roe. Like I just, I'm not ready to say that with the like Nichols with the same yeah. conviction uh, that I'm ready to say Roe. Um, so that's why I say that. My title favorite and this is gonna throw some people off oh you're more than welcome to guess if you want is it mercy chenley got for you it's not because i i think with all due respect to chenley got this field's there's enough women now who can have learned like they can hang with her right and she i just don't know if she like she will always be the best all-american distance runner that i can remember but i don't know if she's ready to get that national title yet i think abby nichols I think I mean I think Abby Nichols. She has not run the event yet, but that has historically been her best event. She's been an All American in that event. Uh, she was really good last year, and oh by the way, she has been leaps and bounds better this year. Yeah, than she was last year. There are three women currently in the NCAA who have run under thirty three minutes in the ten k this year. Grace Forbes doesn't look that sharp yet. Mercy Chalanga has yet to even run the event. She probably will soon. And Lauren Gregory's run 110K in her collegiate career. Tui's probably not moving up. Pro- probably? Maybe not. Probably not. Rose probably not moving up. She had never run even a 5K prior to this spring. The, the number of contenders in that 10K field aren't that many. And Nichols really fares in that event. I just, I just don't know who else is really challenging her other than maybe Gregory. I, I don't know. And, so like and that's it. and that's why I had the 10K women a little bit higher on my rankings. And I had I had Lauren Gregory as my favorite. Um, okay. I, I don't disagree with Nichols at all, but especially with you framing it that way, I think it's a two two horse race. Like I, I it, maybe Chen Legat gets in there, but I, I think I feel pretty good about Gregory or Nichols winning. And that's that's why I have them a little bit that that event a little bit higher up. Yeah. And I think the the reason why I have them further down is just because at the same time, if you showed me Abby Nichols, like I, I just don't know if I'm ready to say that she is going to win a national title. Just in the same way that I'm saying that about Mercy Chalanga, just in the same way that I'm saying that about like Katie Ann McDonald, you know, like they've been incredible this year and they provide amazing value. But like Chalanga is good enough, even if I don't think she'll win, she is good enough to win one, right? So it's it's basically trying to have like the devil on my shoulder and the angel on my shoulder yelling at each other about how I see this race playing out. And that's basically why I have Nicole smack dab in the middle of this, this ranking system. That's fair. All right, number five. Uh, this is where I have the 800 women. Okay. And, and who's your favorite? I have Claire Seymour. Claire Seymour. Again, I think that's a great pick. She shows up at Nationals every year, and she's going to run her best race of the year probably at Nationals, which 
is not something you could say about the rest of the women in the field. If Katie Man- Aunt McDonald runs even her second best race, I think she'll win at nationals or third best, but we can't guarantee that in the same way. I feel like we can't with Seymour. And that's why I have that. I've had her as high up as I do. That women's 800 field has tons of top heaviness. Mm-hmm. You could, you could point to a handful of women, even with Butler out. Yeah. But I do think that it should be fair to say at this point that Seymour has done enough. She's the most reliable. She has a nationally competitive time and she just always produces. And I, I just think it's fair to call her the favorite now. I, I don't know what else she has to do. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, how many women do you think are legitimate contenders out of that 800? Um, so I'm going to pull up the, the T-first list. So Katie Anna McDonald and Sarah Hendrick have run two flat. Cynthia Visa and Imogene Barrett, Lawrence Ells- Ellsworth have all run 201. I could see uh, I could see like three women. I could see Katie and McDonald. I could see um Centeo Visa and I could see Claire Seymour. It it's hard for me to remember a time when the per uh, like a runner on that's fifteenth on the performance list is viewed as a like if not a favorite, but a, like a, a strong contender to win. Yeah. Like, in well, especially Ed in event, like was, the eight hundred, yeah. Ed like, Cheserick was like the king of that, so right. But that was like where he would just run enough to to qualify some years and then just dominate. Um. All right. So fifth for you is eight hundred women. I had an event we have not talked about yet: the five k on the men's side. I have Abdi Nur as my favorite. Clear favorite. Oh, wow. Okay. But I just, it, and maybe this is a situation where I need to swap them out with the 10, with him with the 10 K. I just think, I don't know. This could end up being a more tactical race. It's a shorter race than the 10 K. I think there's a lot of interesting contenders. I think Brian Faye, Morgan Beaglesgum, Olin Hacker. I, I think there's a lot of guys. I think, Kai Robinson, if he decides to run it, is someone that could really actually win this race. I just don't know how it's going to be run. And, and I'm, I'm curious to see if it's run hard from the gun. And if, it, if that's the case, then Nico Young's going to be a challenger for Nur. If it's not, then I think that opens the door to a lot of different people. So if this was during the winter, like we, you know, during the winter when we previewed the national championships. Mm-hmm. We had that same analysis. That was the exact same analysis that we offered, right? The difference is that Nur has proven himself on more Mm -hmm. than one occasion, has shown that he can offer turnover and can thrive in different settings. He has also run like, what, 355 in the mile? He's run 336 for 1500 meters. He's run the collegiate record in the 5K. I don't know. What else Abdi Nur is supposed to do to not be the definitive overwhelming favorite? And I I just I, I don't know. So I'm I'm gonna what I think I'm gonna do 
and I'm gonna spoil my my list a little bit. No, 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 no. don't don't spoil it. Okay, I, I'm gonna swap it. I'm gonna swap it with another one and, and a little bit further uh, yeah. out, and we'll, I'll mention we, it. When we, we will get have there. we have to turn in our poor essays to the teacher and get red marks at the end of it. There you go. All right, I I I am I'm just very surprised that that's all. I I, I just don't know what else he's supposed to do with this race. And I, once I think he's we get the best collegiate, once we get a fur, little further out, I think you'll understand the the swap a little bit more. Okay. Um. All right, number four. I'll do my fourth. I have the 10K women. We've talked about that a little bit. I think Lauren yeah. Gregory is the favorite for me. I feel fairly confident that she at least has a 40% chance of winning, which I, I think at, outside of the top three in, in my list, I don't think there's anybody else you can say that about. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken about this. Um, 10K, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, I think basically the main theme of this event is it's not necessarily we're picking this, we're making these picks because of the women, but we're making these picks because of the lack of the women in this field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Um, what are we on four? We're on four, four now. 5k women. Caitlin Tui. Okay. Um, so we basically have our 5k and 10k women swap basically yeah um i mean for all the reasons that you mentioned even if taylor Rowe, if is the only one that i can, can convincingly say with certainty that she will contend with with tui and even then i'd still give tui a 65 percent chance like a 60 65 chance tui's speed has dramatically improved consistently by the way she ran 15 14 we saw how dangerous of a kick she has, not just once, but twice on the national stage. Roe got her, but Roe's also very inexperienced in the 5K. Never run a collegiate 5K up until this spring. Now, granted, Tui's also inexperienced, but that apparently has never faced her. Um, <laughs> so I like Tui. I, 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 think it's a, I think it's like, I can say, I don't want to say convincingly, but I can pick Tui and feel really good about it and, yeah. like, and have no problems with doing so. I agree. I, I yeah, co-sign with pretty much everything you just said there. Um, all right, number three in your list. I think this is where we have the same one. Um, it's dependent on a lot, of, on a couple of things, but okay. it's the eight hundred men. I did not have that. I so you, I I know I know who you had. Yeah. So I the third in the third spot I had the 10k men, which is where oh. so this this is where I I I think I would swap the 5k and the 10k for Nur in my mind. Wow. Because I feel good about him winning both of those events, but I I think that maybe I I valued overvalued the 5k field compared to the 10k field as we've kind of talked about it. Because just as a quick reminder, some of those 5K men will drop out to pursue right. the 10K, and they won't do the double for whatever reason. And I, some, I get on that every year, but I, I get what you're saying with the 10K. Um, I agree that he's a, a good favorite. I agree that I should have had him higher, probably, I think, two spots higher than where I had him. But I, a lot can happen in the 10K. So, um, so my, 800 men, 800 men. I have Brandon Miller. Okay. 
Um, I think it's an appropriate spot at three. It's only dependent. Like he's the like if if Moad Zahafi doesn't run, then it's Miller, for sure. No questions asked, and this is probably a number one conversation, which I understand. But I I just don't know about Moad, and until I don't see Moad in a race, which might be this weekend, it might be until regionals. I don't know. I I just have to hold off because. Brandon Miller did make me a little concerned earlier in the season. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will get to them. Get to that in a second. Um, yeah. Number two. Go ahead. I have the steeple women. Steeple women. Courtney Wayman. Courtney Wayman. Despite the fifteen fifty and the five k, I, I think she's about as solid of a pick in any event that you can get. I mean, the experience, NCAA titles, she's run this event multiple times at Nationals, like, and I think she's probably has the argument for the best women runner in the country at this point. Um, it's, I don't know if there's any more that to say that we haven't already said in previous episodes. Yeah, I think you could argue that she's number one. The only reason I think I have her at two is just because the variability of the steeplechase and what happened mm-hmm. last year. But that's really, I mean, like I'm even stretching it at that point. I agree. Uh, yeah, that's fair. All right. And number one for you. 5K men. Yep. Okay. And I had the 800 men. Yeah, I, I get I get that 100%. It, it, especially if we assume, it all depends on how you view Zahafi. Exactly. And, and, and just I, for the I, record, I, I have Nur as my 5K title favorite. Yes, yeah, right. And I have Miller as my 800. And, and I, I think that if Zahafi was still in the picture, the 800 men would have been much further down on my list. But it, just the fact that I think he's going to have to take at least a week, probably two weeks off, we could still see him at regionals. But I, I just worry about the impact of having to take time off this late in the season and how that disrupts his momentum. I think we could end up seeing, like we, we mentioned at the top of the show, we could see them racing, but at that point, I, I don't know if it's going to be a fair fight. And, and I think Miller's going to take home that title. And I feel very, very confident about that. Yeah. Even if Zahavi comes back, I do think Miller is the favorite, but there's like that lingering, like, uh, you know, like it, it kind of happens. I, I do think there are some like, Scary good names like Jonathan Jones is a guy who's just not yep. getting a whole lot of attention. Super under really good, super underrated. Agreed. I, I, he can make things interesting, but definitively, I get it. I'm only keeping him at three. I think they would be my, Miller would be my undeniable one if Zahafi's truly out. So that comes on a conditional. Okay. Do we want to recap our list that we've adjusted or or do we want to have our one combined list here? Uh, well, if you give me two seconds, I can adjust this. I can give you quickly my original list and my adjusted list. Okay, go go for it. Um, uh-huh. I will I will go with my original list. So to just quickly recap at one, I had the 800 men, two steeple women, three 10K men, four 10K women, five 5K men, six 5K women, 7, 800 women, 8, 1,500 women, 9, steeple men, and 10, 1,500 men. A few, I think I'd make maybe two adjustments to that. Okay. So I would have, uh, I, let's just assume Zahafi's out for this season. I'd right. have 
Miller won. Uh, Miller, uh, eight, Brandon Miller in the 800 meters won. Abdi Nur in the 5K, two. Courtney Wayman in the steeple, three. Caitlin Tui in the 5K, four. Abdi Nur in the 10K, five. Claire Seymour in the 806. Abby Nichols in the 10K, seven. Yard Nagoose in the 1500, eight. Abba Jaziri in the steeple, nine. And Julia Hamak in the 1500, uh, 10. Okay. With I adjustments. Like that. That's that's with adjustments. So I, I think mine, I, I think the difference, I would probably swap my 1500s and I, I would probably have them where you do the 1500 women at 10, 1500 men at eight. I think I'd have to move Nur up to three in the 5K and put him in the 10K to five. But I, I think we have a pretty similar list at this point. Yeah, I mean, it. The, it's scary how the back end started off. And I was yeah. like, we're going to have 90% accuracy on these. Yes. Yeah. Like I was a little scared. I, I did do mine. I think a little with like a little less intention, uh, not intention, but I did it like last minute a little bit. And I think if you really sat down and let me look at it for a good 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, we probably would have been closer aligned or I would have said, I, you know what? Zahavi, you know, who's to say so. And I think the same with me. If I had taken a few more minutes to look over those 5K, 10K men's fields, I think we would have a little been a lot more in agreement there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, all right. Well, this was fun. I, I feel like yeah. we need to do something like this again. This is this is a fun exercise. Um, we should plan on doing this again at some point. But let's wrap it there. Um, so we got conference weekend coming up for a lot of uh, schools. That'll be interesting to see those results. Probably not going to see. Maybe a ton of fast times, but we could get a little bit more insight into where everybody's at with their tactical abilities and how confident they feel um, against a lot of other elite competition. Uh, But Garrett, is there anything that we need to be paying attention to on the site? There's a lot of stuff on the site. I think we posted three articles today, which is crazy. Go check it out. Do two contents, news. We've got analysis. We got this podcast coming up. We'll also have um some some previews coming out we had recaps from last week we evaluated how our predictions went some were great some were not um yeah we'll have a lot going on we might have a um a podcast out in replacement of like a written article on saturday um i'm going to be moving apartments and moving like 10 minutes down the street so trying to write a five-hour essay um you know it will be challenging but we'll see what happens maybe we'll do like a little bit of a podcast um but yeah, go check out the site. Leave a rating and review. We're trying our hardest, and I think we're doing pretty solid. And that's it. That's all I got, Ben. All right. Well, another great episode, Garrett, and I'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you later.